This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All right, it's a game preview edition of One Giant Step. Sean Morris, Paul Dettino. Again, this is Odyssey and 2400 Sports. New York Giants, bi-weekly? No, bi-weekly is dumb. Twice a week, whatever you would call it. I don't know the references there. We put out two podcasts a week, damn it. A game recap and a di- game preview, and we're all pumped up for our 5-1 and one Giants. Paul, hello. How are you? Uh, good morning, Sean. You know, it's one thing to say the Giants are 5-1. and one. It's another thing to say the Jags are 2-4 and four and have lost three in a row. We're yeah. going to dissect this sucker, but I don't think either one of us are going to be surprised by what the other guy's predicting. Yeah, yeah. I, we were just talking very briefly in our, our well, it's not called a pre-show meeting, but Paul and I have both dug deep, watched back on a lot of Jaguar games, and, you know, not to tease anything, but Paul and I might be both agreeing on a prediction at the end of this podcast. All right, Paul, first, before we actually tackle in depth and matchups and what we think could happen in this game, a little bit on the Giants here, where we are at this week. First and foremost, again, as I tell everybody every single week during this game preview podcast, we are taping this ahead of Thursday's injury report. We're basing a lot on Wednesday's injury report and the trends. All signs seem to indicate at this point, Paul, barring a setback, an enormous getback for the Giants could be Aziz Ojolari this week. And boy, it feels like we literally have not seen Aziz, Kayvon Thibodeau, Leonard Williams, and Dexter Lawrence playing football at the same time, swarming quarterbacks. And we might have an opportunity to see that this week. I'm going to pump the brakes on that one, Sean. I'm not so sure that we will see him. How about Quincy, that? Quincy Roche is ready to go, ready to be elevated off the practice squad should they decide to go there. Uh, 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 Zimenez has a quad. Okay. So that's also an issue with the Giants' depth at outside linebacker. You know, the problem with these calves, which is what Ojolari has, is that you could feel better one day and worse the next. And doctors really have not been able to isolate this. We've talked about this on past shows There are some injuries, like a sprained MCL, nine times out of ten, it's two to four weeks. Okay, that's what it turned out to be also with Leonard Williams, by the way. Uh, That's what it turned out to be with Wondell Robinson. He missed four weeks. Mm -hmm. That's the way these things seem to go. These Cavs things, not that way. It's really a roll of the dice, and you just never know. So I'm not going to uh, be too optimistic about Algelari until I see him on the field. All right. Well, there we go. Paul already throwing cold water on any optimism I had for getting one of the Giants' best defensive players back on the football field. All right. As far as other receiver, uh, the receivers go, 
Of course, Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay aren't practicing and aren't going to play because, well, seemingly they never play and never practice. So we're not <laughs> neither here nor there on those guys. So expect more of the same from the receiving core. But though, Paul, I did find it interesting, and it could be simply a downplay by Brian Dable. He has really, really doused the idea now twice in press conferences this week that Saquon's shoulder is going to be any kind of an issue here, really downplaying the injury to Saquon Barkley, where we saw it basically looked like it was dangling on Sunday and he was willing himself to finish that game. Yeah, well, you know, look, we all know that there's load management and uh, veteran maintenance that goes on during the course of the week as the season progresses. And so, to be frank, Barkley's the kind of guy who has proven enough to this coaching staff that if they need to pull back on the reins a little bit during the week to allow him to go full on Sunday, uh, I think they've made up their minds that they're okay with that. So the question that should be asked to to uh, Coach Dable isn't, okay, is he a full go on Sunday? Yeah, he's going to be a full go on Sunday. The better question is, are you going to have to manage him during the course of the week so that you can have him as a full go on right. Sunday? That's the more intelligent question. But you don't expect that out of this press corps, do you? No, not at all. And, and on that note, Paul, of course, Saquon, I mean, look, the guy could be the MVP of the league right now, so that's where everybody's going to point to. And many, I guess, if he's the MVP of the league, we'll say he's the MVP of the Giants. I still think that's Andrew Thomas. And Andrew Thomas here dealing with injuries that right now, now they're not saying an ankle. What are they saying? An elbow with Andrew Thomas. And on top of that, you combine it with Feliciano, who had, you know, Nick Gates gave every snap to Daniel Jones earlier in the week. Where are we at with the offensive line injuries, Paul? Yeah, I wouldn't worry so much about Thomas. He's a warrior. We've seen him play through some bumps and bruises before uh, that were of similar minor kinds of issues. Feliciano with the groin told me yesterday that uh, he's a full go for the game, even though they've been limiting him during the course of the week. The thing about him, he's another one of those bulldogs. He's a blood and guts kind of guy. I know he's been inconsistent some this year. I get that. Some of the bigger, stronger, more powerful linemen have given him some issues. He provides so many intangibles, though, between his attitude, his smarts, his ability to work with Daniel on figuring out what's going on during the pre-snap. The Giants see a lot of value in him. And I do suspect that, you know, he's going to be out there on Sunday. And Bredesen will back him up just as he did for a handful of snaps last weekend. And Bredesen has played pretty well. You got to give Bredesen credit. I mean, he was uh, an ire of a lot of Giant fans' eyes and problems, and especially early in the year, after last year. Uh, and he's given the Giants valuable reps, maybe not flashy and maybe not great, and some versatility. Ben Bredesen's a guy you got to give a little credit to. Now, Paul, with that, obviously this is a guy you may not expect to play all year this week. But tell me as a Giants fan how encouraging it was to see Nick Gates giving you know all of the snaps to Daniel Jones. Now, will he get the pads on ahead of this pup window being closed? Who knows? Maybe not. Uh, I mean, right now, I still kind of feel like we're not going to see Nick Gates this year, but seeing him give snaps to Daniel Jones had to be a little encouraging. Well, Sean, I've always said, and, and this goes back to August, you'll see Nick Gates the middle of the season, probably in mid-October before Halloween. He's on schedule. For everything that I've heard that I believe for months, okay. he's on schedule. I I believe, unless there's a setback over the course of the next week when they've got to declare what they're going to do with him, that he's going to make it to the 53. Wow. I would be okay. surprised if he doesn't. Now, does that mean he's going to play? I don't know. I think the Giants have already shown a propensity that they're not afraid to use a jumbo formation with an extra lineman. They, they've clearly shown that. 
we, you know, we saw Tyree Phillips even doing it against yeah. Baltimore last week. Eligible. So receiver, I think right? I think there's a there's a, a way or a path or a road to Nick Gates getting on the field this year, even if it's in a limited capacity. I'm glad you said that because there, you know, I, I things I've read, and of course, I'm not in the facility there, makes it feel like the Giants might be hesitant to give him a designation of the 53 without seeing him in pads. But if they do, Paul, you know, we know this, right? We've watched enough Giants football over the year to know this. Heck, we've been dealing with it all over the place. I mean, the Giants have really, really been able to dodge outside of Shane Lemieux other injuries along the offensive line for sustained amounts of time, assuming that Feliciano. Bredesen, who knows when Lemieux comes back? I mean, right down the line, the one thing Nick Gates does have, I mean, we talked about playing center. Remember, he debuted at right tackle. He got hurt playing guard. He has versatility up and down that line. To assume the rest of these offensive linemen are going to be healthy the rest of the uh, rest of the year would be kind of asinine. Of course, you hope they are. But if they, you know, one guy does go down and Nick Gates is sitting there, that's a pretty valuable chess piece that can be used basically all over the offensive line. Well, that's why this all comes down to if Gates continues to show what he's showing and does not have a setback. That's the caveat, Sean. If he has a setback at some point in the next week, then I don't think he'll be activated, obviously. Let's not be foolish about this. But but all systems appear to be go. The arrows are all pointed in the right direction. Look, they just re-signed Corey Cunningham to the practice squad yesterday, okay? That shows you how interested they are in having depth on this O-line. And yep. Nick Gates, because of his versatility and because of his experience and because of the bulldog mentality he has, he could be a very valuable piece of depth. And now, look, I don't, I'm not saying that Nick Gates likes to find the camera, but two straight weeks on a lot of the Giants behind the scenes stuff, their sights and sounds videos they point out and everything else. Nick Gates's presence on that sideline and around those offensive linemen has been there. It's not exactly like he's been in hiding, not expecting to be on this team. He is every bit a part of that team on the sideline, as has Sterling Shepard still been since his injury. But Nick Gates's presence, I mean, you, I mean, it's very easy to spot the long hair, the 65 chain, but Nick Gates has been there and very present on these sidelines in these games in recent weeks. He is a beloved teammate, and they feel the same way about Shane Lemieux. And I told you this also, Lemieux's only a couple of weeks, probably behind Gates. So there are reinforcements coming. Whether or not the Giants need those guys remains to be seen, but it's great to know that there's a possibility of them being around.